Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, welcome to our Milwaukee history and architecture podcast, Urban Spelunking, brought to you by Midwest Stairs and Iron. Bobby, great to have you here. And we're talking about the Port of Milwaukee. You just got to go down to the Port of Milwaukee this week, and there's it was busy. There's a lot going on there right now in the winter. Yeah, I love the way you said it. Like, I got to go down. Like, it was like some sort of secret place that not everybody gets access to. But I guess really it is sort of that, isn't it? I mean, it's there right in front of us, but most of us drive over the top of it, don't we, on the Hone Bridge? Exactly. I've always. I remember the. I think the first time I went over the home bridge as a kid. I remember. I do remember like asking my dad. We have a port. Like, what goes on <laughs> at the port of Milwaukee, right? And it turns out it's it's very busy, especially in the winter time when when all the salt for the streets is coming and going out of the port. Yeah, it's funny because actually that salt sort of arrives in the off season, and you you know so really year round you kind of see activity at these giant salt piles, which is interesting. But you know the this ships coming and going all the time too, and uh, part of the the place we're going to talk about today is related to how some of those ships come from all over the world to Milwaukee and then back out into the oceans um, because of the St. Lawrence Seaway. We're talking about the former home of Advanced Boiler and Tank. This building will be deconstructed soon, and you got a chance to go down there before it is replaced with a new building. And you know, from the outside, Bobby, it's it looks like a utilitarian steel building that you'd find at the Port of Milwaukee. So it wasn't terribly remarkable, at least when I when I saw it from the outside, but you found so much more of a story there than maybe even you expected. Yeah, well, when I first got there, I thought, you know, the the best thing I could say about it was that it sort of looked like a Kentucky whiskey rickhouse, like full of barrels of <laughs> whiskey, but it definitely, <laughs> yeah. it definitely is not that. It's empty. Yeah. Um, and on the inside, it's actually a little more um, aesthetically pleasing than on the outside. You know, you just get this big soaring ceiling that's sort of got this reddish... Uh, interior you can see it in the photos if you go online and look but it's empty and it's been empty for quite a while now they were using it to store malorganite for a while but what i found was that it had this really interesting sort of family business past but this but a past that also connects to the opening of the saint lawrence seaway um, which was a series of canals and locks that were uh, built along the saint lawrence river that connected the great lakes with the northern atlantic ocean so that ships could come from around the world to go into the Great Lakes and out of the Great Lakes. And what's interesting is that this building really ha- was really the result of the St. Lawrence Seaway, which caused a huge building boom down uh, on the lakefront. And it's something that I don't think most people really think about much anymore. Yeah, this global connection that Milwaukee had to really the global economy. And Milwaukee truly did have a port worthy of being called a port at the time and still today. So we're going to continue on with that conversation next on Urban Spelunking, talking about the history of the St. Lawrence Seaway, how Milwaukee connected, and more about the history of this family business, Advanced Boiler and Tank, that used to be at the Port of Milwaukee. That is next on Urban Spelunking. Every time you tune into 88.9, you discover something new. Your musical horizons expand or you journey to a new corner of Milwaukee. Our programming introduces you to new artists, finds hope and inspiration in our community, and connects you to your neighbors. If you enjoy Radio Milwaukee, then we invite you to make another discovery. The power of membership. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to learn more. 
And we are back on Urban Spelunking down at the port of Milwaukee talking about this building that is, its days are numbered, but will be soon replaced with a major redevelopment, a major investment in the port of Milwaukee. But we got to, to really understand this story, Bobby, we got to wind all the way back to the early days, even pre-St. Lawrence Seaway and how this was just one of the many businesses and buildings that connected to this this global economy right here in Milwaukee. So do you want to start there with the St. Lawrence Seaway? Sure, yeah. The St. Lawrence Seaway um, was this sort of system of locks and canals that were added to the St. Lawrence River, um, which runs between like New York State and Canada up th- through there. Um, and it was uh, built to allow ships, like ocean-going vessels, to go into the Great Lakes and uh, vice versa, out of the Great Lakes. Uh, so this really opened up in, in the same way that sort of the Erie Canal opened up in the 1820s, the sort of upper Midwest, because it simplified travel from New York and the Atlantic Ocean that way. Um, this did the same thing like 100 years later, except to even bigger vessels that could now come in and connect places like Milwaukee and Chicago and northern Indiana and parts of Michigan. We're talking post-World War II, 1950s. Yes. When the St. Lawrence Seaway was, what's the word for it? Constructed, dug? Yeah, like, was, what do you, what do you that, say? Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it constructed because there was some digging. There was some dredging to make some of the uh, channels deeper. And then, you know, but there were the construction of the locks and the construction of the, the digging of the canals. So, yeah, I guess digging, constructing, digging and constructing. <laughs> and this was really part of this this major movement for the the upper Midwest, the Great Lakes region, where there was a lot of optimism and there was a lot of construction around this economy building in Milwaukee. What was the atmosphere like? And and how did this uh, how did this this business advance boiler and tank tie into that kind of global optimism from Milwaukee? Well, what happens to, to say a little about Advanced Boiler and Tank, it started on 30th and Walnut in um, in 1919. This guy, Bill Andre, started it. And they, like, welded and riveted boiler tanks and smokestack linings and just all kinds of things. Super Milwaukee. Yeah, Super Milwaukee. They started to do some boat repair work and stuff. And what's okay. interesting is just just as, the, uh, as Canada and the United States are finally sort of making a deal happen to, to collaborate on building the St. Lawrence Seaway. Um, the journal had a picture in the paper of uh, workers in advance trying to get this 50-foot boat through the door <laughs> at their 30th and Walnut facility because then it was going to get loaded onto a truck and taken down to Jones Island. So when the 50-foot boat's Lawrence, pretty big, right? I mean, I'm trying to picture, picture big, like yeah. these guys were trying to get it into this building and... It yeah. was a, a tight squeeze, or, or what? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're trying to get it out of the building to get oh, it onto out, a truck okay. and take it down to the lake. But so when the when it became sort of a done deal that the St. Lawrence Seaway was going to happen, it makes perfect sense for a building like this to not have to try and squeeze their fifty foot metal boats out the door <laughs> and truck them down to Jones Island anymore, right? So because they were expecting bigger, they were expecting bigger vessels coming through and and more of them. Right, and they were already doing boat repairs and things, so they thought, you know, there's going to be these ocean-going vessels, there's going to be Canadian ships, there's going to be ships from all over the world that are going to need repair work. And so they decided they wanted to have a facility down at the port where they could do what they thought was going to be more than a million dollars a year worth of repair work. Uh, And this is the 1950s, so a million dollars was a lot more than, you know, in today's money, that's more than a million dollars. So It's one million um, dollars, if you will. Yeah, so they went to the Harbor Commission and they got um, a lease on the land, and they built okay. this building. And so when the St. Lawrence Seaway opened in 1959, they were already up and running and prepared to repair ships. And in fact, 
they started doing that work even before because as soon as they got their building built, they already had a contract from the U.S. Navy to repair ships that were already on the Great Lakes. So it was sort of an immediate success, this thing. So they were really ahead of the game. They were building this this business before the seaway even opened. So they were like right at the ground level when when it opened. Yeah, right. So they were thinking ahead, but so was a lot of Milwaukee was thinking ahead because um, at the same time they're building their building, uh, the city through the Harbor Commission was already building a new, an entire new pier down there with um, with all the facilities you would have around it, like storage warehouses, loading docks for trucks and that sort of thing. Um, there was a, a major effort to dredge and build landfill. Down, if you ever t- if you ever gotten off the south end of the Hone Bridge and you go past where that sort of Coast Guard station is and all that stuff, there's mm-hmm. a big uh, green patch of land there. A lot of that's landfill that was built at the time. The Navy, oh, really? which had yeah, the Navy, which had um, an armory down there, built a new pier for a submarine that it had. It was planning to build uh, three more piers. A bunch of companies were building new facilities down there. There was just this huge boom in building down there. And actually, even that um, viaduct that we know now, which is recently replaced, that one that kind of goes around to Lincoln Avenue, goes up and over. Oh, you yes, yes, yes. I mean? mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was being rebuilt, and they were, they were uh, fixing some railroad crossings to make them less dangerous. I mean, there was really a ton of money and effort being thrown at this part of the lakefront at this time for because of the St. Lawrence Seaway, because they knew there would be all this increased opportunity. And there was this optimism that this was really going to be a boon for Milwaukee and loads. Of, and, you know, Advance ended up staying there until 2000. So it, they did a good business there for decades. So that optimism we're talking about here from the mid-1950s when there was this real uh, boom of, of industrialism and uh, make it here and uh, American pride post-war, um, they, they, rode, you know, they rode that wave for a long time and they were there, like you said, until 2010. And really, this is kind of a full circle moment because after this building will be deconstructed, there's going to be uh, this major re- re- reinvestment and redevelopment at the port right on that same site. Right, Bobby? Yeah, so they're going to take this building down and a couple of nearby buildings, and they're going to build a new structure, a couple of grain bins, um, a grain receiving building, uh, because this company from Clinton, Wisconsin, called DeLong, um, is going to use it as an export terminal for grains, um, oil seeds, feed stuffs for animals, which they're going to ship from Milwaukee in containers across the globe. It's going to go out into the ocean. They're going to go to Europe uh, and it's especially East Asia. So this, I mean, this is a big deal for Milwaukee, for the economy and for the port and for Jones Island. Well, how fascinating. I mean, I think, I think maybe the assumption I'm just guessing is that, you know, aside from salt and uh, the Lake <laughs> Express ferry, like there's not, yeah. And then Malorganite, the pride of the, the pride <laughs> of Milwaukee, excuse me. How could I forget Malorganite? Uh, interesting too, that it has a tie to this building that they used to store Malorganite there. I love that. Um, but you know, it's I think Milwaukee's this is, number two export. <laughs> uh, just let that sink in for those just getting the joke. <laughs> Digest that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but so I mean, the the port of Milwaukee really is is all but quiet. I mean, you think about this. It, you know, it, it tied into the global economy in the fifties, and it and we're now investing all this money, and it still will for generations to come, presumably. Yeah, and back you know back when I used to leave the house and drive around and stuff, I would oh, yes. <laughs> find myself driving along the lakefront at least twice a day, every day, and 
you know, if you pay attention, you see that there are a lot of ships coming and going out of Milwaukee. I mean, it's not like in the old pictures where you see the river full of <laughs> tall ships and that sort of thing. But um, but if you go down to the to the Harbor District or to Jones Island, um, or you just pay attention when you're driving across the Home Bridge or whatever, you see there's a lot of shipping going in and out of Milwaukee. It is still a big part of our economy. Well, you can find some really great pictures. We you found the uh, like the original architectural plans for this building from the 1950s, which was super cool, and pictures from the inside. This is like a chance to probably get your last look at this building before. Uh, it's cleared out for an even bigger development to come. We've got that article, of course, linked up at radiomilwaukee.org. You can find Bobby's complete story there. And podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support, of course, from your membership and from On Milwaukee, along with Midwest Stairs and Iron. You can subscribe to this podcast, and we ask that you would do that on whatever platform you're listening to right now. And while you're there, if you could take just a moment to rate and review the podcast, that helps us out a ton. I'm Milwaukee's Bobby Tantillo. Talk to you next week. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thanks.